Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. This week's Highways Voices is all about walking and cycling. All of our major problems can be positively impacted if people feel able to to get around on bike or or on foot. But we're only going to do that if it's easy. The Interim Commissioner of Active Travel England, Chris Boardman, MBE, gives his vision to get us out of our cars by making it safe and easy to get around under our own steam. And he introduces us to the phrase, lazy walking, a gold medal guest this week on Highways Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations, the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK, Elkrig, So it's thanks to our partners, the Transport Technology Forum, for the main guest today. We bring you Chris Boardman's chat with Anthony Ferguson, Head of Transport and Technology at the Department of Transport, which took place at the TTF conference in Liverpool last week. Before that, though, as always, we'll catch up with Adrian Tatum for his take on the key stories on the Highways News website. National Highways has launched its revised asset management policy and approach with a focus on whole life costing and delivering a more consistent approach to asset management on its network. The strategy, our approach to assets management, said that while the organisation has established approach to the whole life cost in line of its licensing requirements, more could be done. As part of its development in this area, National Highways has been implementing its asset class strategies, defining specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-bound smart actions, which translate its strategic objectives into tangible actions on the network. Also this week, London's ultra-low emission zone could be expanded to cover most of the capital by next year under new plans. To date, the ultra-low emission zone in central London has helped halve lethal nitrogen dioxide by the roadside, the Mayor's Office has said in a report by the BBC. It said filthy air factored in about 4,000 premature deaths in 2019, the greatest number in outer London. They suggest the plans could deter more than 100,000 of the most polluting cars daily. But some MPs fear extra charges will worsen the cost of living crisis. Elsewhere, Manchester Metropolitan University has been commissioned to develop a new mapping system, which will make it easier for National Highways, the government-owned company, to keep track of the ecosystems bordering the country's 4,300 miles of road network. With the country relying heavily on roads to move people and goods about, National Highway is committed to improving environment outcomes and tackling climate change as part of its sustainability strategies. The innovative research and development programme will use more than 20 different sets of data to overlap and layer National Highway's soft estate, roughly 28,258 hectares of green land close to the roads. You can also read on the site about a name change for Dinnick, as it's now fully branded as Swaco. A new £40 million competition launched for self-driving buses, shuttles and delivery vans. A chatty van touring the area around Stonehenge to offer people more information about National Highways' plans for improvements to the A303. And happy birthday, Spaghetti Junction. You can read all of these and so many more stories on highways news so follow us on twitter and linkedin and make sure you're signed up to our daily email into your inbox every lunchtime we're the only place you need to go for everything you need to know well when it comes to highways and transport technology anyway you'll find it all at highways-news.com swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer quicker more convenient and environmentally sound 
from software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. We hear a lot about getting more active travel in the country, but how will we deliver it? The man who's tasked with leading the transport transformation is Chris Boardman, Interim Commissioner of Active Travel England. And as an Olympic cycling gold medalist, he's someone who knows what he's talking about. He was one of the speakers at the Transport Technology Forum conference last week in conversation with the Department of Transport's Head of Transport and Technology, Anthony Ferguson. And Chris Boardman started the chat by discussing the audience. It's actually really great to not be at an active travel summit or decarbonisation or where you just go and talk to the same people. It's great to actually go out. Uh, and connect with people who actually have to make all of that stuff happen. And um, I'll give you a bit of background. I don't know if everybody knows, but I was the Transport Commissioner for Greater Manchester for Andy Burnham for the last four and a half years. So I started with active travel and then I got into trains and delaminating concrete and unions and and everything that stitches it together. That's probably the point where I realised or started to interact with technology and what it means because I started with an outcome of what do we want the places we live to be like? What do we want that to be for our families and our kids? And then what do we need to get people there? And easy is, is is the first word. It's got to be easy. The blockers are so frighteningly small sometimes between choosing doing that and doing that. So what's easy? And you realize, well, actually, I want somebody to be able to have an app or a card and they tap it on a bike and they tap it on a tram uh, or a train and it's capped at £10 for the day uh, and, and we started to develop what, what that needed to look like and how technology was going to be what stitched it all together so Greater Manchester my, my work there was essentially in fact the, the, the paper that we produced for this integrated plan uh, was, was actually called Change a Region to Change a Nation and that was the point and that's how I ended up as, as Anthony's colleague uh, seeing if we can scale that up for a country specifically on active travel I think we all we all know that we've got to change you know we've got these massive problems that, that we don't talk about uh, we've got health we've got um, obviously the climate crisis uh, at the moment cost of living all of our major problems can be positively impacted if people feel able to, to get around on bike or on, or on foot. Uh, but we're only going to do that if it's easy. And, and, and so that's how I got embedded into this. And the Active Travel England is the vehicle that's going to have to deliver it. Uh, it's an inspectorate. So what one of the things that we need for easy is, or the thing we need for easy is connected safe space all the way from where I am to where I want to go. And that includes the junctions, includes everything. Um, because if we can't look out of a car window and say, oh, I quite fancy that, or, yeah, go on, then you can go to school on your own, then then it's a waste of public money. So uh, Active Travel England will ensure that everything that's funded is to that standard. But I think most excitingly, it's also there to help local councils. Uh, in fact, we already have in our in our fledgling startup form over the last three months when we were uh, allocating funds some of which were announced, uh, 200 million of which were announced last weekend. We we went to councils and said, show us your your plans, because it now has to meet these standards. You haven't got a plan. Do you want us to help you? In fact, in some cases, do you want us to do it for you? 
and that's a whole new place to be, I think, for probably for the department, actually, uh, a body that can actively go and help councils win bids. And that is, um, it's a wonderful thing to be involved in. It's also going to be a statutory consultee to make sure everything we build in the future enables people to get around under their own steam, makes people feel comfortable enough to let their kids uh, get to school on their own. Uh, and that's what 12% of morning traffic. So, and, and I, I think that that's what our Active Travel England has to deliver. It's an essential part of dealing with, with so many of our problems. And of course, the cost of living at the moment will... Imagine if you could have a family that didn't have three cars, it had two cars, because I can actually use an electric bike and the kids are able to get to school on their own. I know they can. So it's so integrated. Chris, as you can tell, now hangs out with politicians quite a lot because he does that thing of answering his own question. So uh, um, you, you go around Europe quite a lot. You've seen lots of cities trying to do things that you'd like to see happen here on active travel. Can you give us some examples of the, the sorts of things you've seen that you think we should be doing differently? I, I, I pause because we use an example of, of you know, Copenhagen and, and we, we talk about Denmark and Holland and, uh, and I'm sick of talking about those places because um, it doesn't resonate, it doesn't connect. A big part, most of my job is communication and how to frame it in the way people get it. But 60%, I actually just checked it out, actually. Um, so Amsterdam's 408 miles from where we're sitting now, same climate. 60% um, of kids get to school under their own steam, largely, largely riding bikes, because riding bikes is just lazy walking everywhere else. And they do that every day. And that's just normal. 408 miles from here. That's just normal. And if we ask the question, wouldn't you want that for your kids? I think we'd all go, yeah, would you? Wouldn't you like... Uh, your family and yourselves to have a choice because cars are great I absolutely love cars but we just because they're great we use them for too much stuff and uh, and so we've we've lost the capacity to do other things so 408 miles from here there are examples but we need to have examples here in the UK that work and there's pockets of them I mean nobody ever mentions the word Cambridge oh it's Cambridge 30% of journeys are made actively every day oh yeah but that's Cambridge but you've got Waltham Forest in London the, the, the most recent example just a few years ago through huge turmoil change to uh, a, a largely well a people centred neighbourhood uh, massive effect I think 4% of people uh, actually want to put it back to as it was before now 90% reduction in pollution on roads. And so we have the examples, um, but my job is to, is to try and communicate them uh, and change the language of having something taken away to actually giving something back. Your kids have the freedom to, to use the streets again and you feel able to let them. Chris Boardman, a visionary with sense and practicality here on Highways Voices this week. And we'll hear more from him in a moment after Sarah's shared our partner news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. The chat you're hearing with Chris Boardman at last week's Transport Technology Forum conference in Liverpool is just one of a number of excellent speakers at the event. 200 people from across national government, local authorities and the private sector attended and the content is being uploaded onto the TTF website. Next year's event, which will be in a bigger venue to cope with demand, will take place on the 17th and 18th of May. Put it in your diary now. Talking of events, this year's ITS UK Awards will be bigger and better than ever and you can now enter to win one of the prestigious prizes. 
The event takes place alongside the Members' Day and President's Dinner in Milton Keynes on the 13th of October. They take place at the Jury's Inn Hotel after the Members' Day takes place at the nearby Connected Places Catapult. All the categories, including a number of new ones and the entry form, are on the ITS UK website. It's almost the end of Adept Smart Places Live Labs programme, with the publication of the first three final blogs giving an overview of each project. Kent discusses smart gullies and drone trials, as well as its Highways Asset Data Management System platform, all of which will last long beyond Live Labs. Cumbria's Plastic Roads programme tested the use of unrecyclable plastic in roads and included six road and four quarry trials with partners McCreeba and Shell. And Central Bedfordshire's trials included using kinetic energy from pavements, harvesting underground thermal energy to de-ice a car park and using solar energy to power a depot. All blogs are available on the ADEPT website. Finally, National Highways is taking part in Elkrig's forthcoming webinar entitled Practical Steps on the Journey to Net Zero, the Materials Challenge. Leela Tachki is Director of Asset Management, responsible for developing and implementing the company's end-to-end asset management approach. This webinar will examine how carbon savings can be made across highway and transportation infrastructure with respect to the types of material used. Other confirmed panellists include Paul Boss, Chief Executive of the Road Surface Treatments Association, Ken McNeil, Technical Director at Breeden, and Daniel Morgan, who's Quarrying and Ashfelt Development Director at Colas. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. Back to Chris Boardman's chat with the DFT's Anthony Ferguson now at the TTF conference in Liverpool. What's your experience been of the last few years, but now in Active Travel England, working in a kind of political environment? Now, Matt, do you enjoy working in a political environment or do you just find it's it endlessly annoying? It's not at all loaded. I think I've, I have really enjoyed oh, it. I mean, the, the Department for Transport, whether it likes it or not, has now become um, a vehicle for culture change. And that's really scary because it is a body that moves steadily for a reason. So people can't do silly things and it's very hard to make a mistake. And suddenly we've got to do things quickly. And that's really hard to do to to make that transition. And I can see a lot of good people wrestling with that. How do we do it? How do we take these these monolithic, well-established processes that we put in place and now make them be quick and innovative and that's hard and I, and I think active, I hope it's one of the things I hope Active Travel England can help with it gives a way to try different it's different but it's the right level of different and a way to try uh, problem solving at reasonable reasonably large scale we've got two billion uh, allocated to this to this topic in this parliament and then things we learn there can be used elsewhere but I found the appetite for that is there um, and I think there's a lot of people that, that want to enable it because it, it, it's even if, if people don't like riding bicycles, and I've said this to a few politicians, um, if you look at all of the problems we face, it is your least shit option. And I, I think we should have a T-shirt that says that cycling is your least shit option. It's so big, the problems that we have, that these simple solutions could help us address all of the things that we are obliged to do. And it's the cheapest, the quickest. We've got eight years We've got eight years of 1.5 degrees. Buses and bikes is, are the only tools available to us that can go that quickly. And things like buses don't work unless we make space and suddenly it's back in your lap of something that we have to solve. So the appetite for change is there. 
but it's very, very different. And I've been involved with R&D for the last 15 years, and this is the bit I love. So I don't, you, you see a, a problem and you think, great, how do, we, how do we work with that? And we know there was a couple of projects we're on. How do we get around that? And um, yeah, it's fun. And ultimately, we've got to, we've got to succeed because what's the alternative? So you've, you've got the kind of the, the frustrations of dealing with central government and all its sort of weird internal processes, but obviously a lot of your role is actually looking out to local authorities because a bit like the, you know everyone in my team, we don't actually do much ourselves. We're facilitating and supporting other people actually doing the doing because it's actually in road transport, it's largely kind of the, it's the local authorities doing things. So what's your kind of message for the kind of local authority world in terms of what you're, you're looking for from them and what can you bring to them? Yeah, well, I haven't been getting out much in the last few months because it's been internally focused to find find directors and a CEO and set up a board. And that's that's we're nearly there with that now. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we've been doing is 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 look making sure that we people that we are have employed and are employing come from local authorities and know what it's like and they know how it works uh, and they know the problems in the way. So, so the the experience I mentioned in in Greater Manchester when you actually go right down to the coalface and, you know, low traffic neighbourhood, you know, God, reducing traffic around homes is a controversial thing, is, is, is incredible, that we've let it become that. But ultimately, it's real, and that's the hardest bit of change to make with our streetscape, because it's personal. And that local councillor who might have a, um, might have a, a two-vote majority has got somebody screaming in his face about removing a parking space and so, and, that, and their job is to represent that person, so they don't, don't feel they can do it. And then you scale that up for a country, and that local councillor in that position has been put in charge of climate change, and that's not fair. So I see that, and I have to start from a position of your problem is my problem. So how do we help you with that? And a lot of it is the communication. The communication and how do we get different? Well, I'm a big fan of trials done properly for a meaningful amount of time because people are scared of change. We're all scared of change because it's the unknown and, and that's how we're built instinctively to, well, if we change that, it could mean there'll be less customers in my shop or whatever it might be. And, and it actually came from uh, New York where they put in a significant cycle and they went into all the shops and just said, actually, we want to do this. Uh, I know you're supportive, but you, you, know, you don't want to do it because it could affect, affect your custom. We'll put it in for six months, and if you don't like it, we'll take it out. And that gave everybody the courage to take a step. And so seeing tools like that that are necessary and taking that information and things that worked in Greater Manchester and things that have worked in Newcastle and bringing that back and giving people the way to do it. But locally, there's two things that are needed. First of all, it's a big plan. So... Greater Manchester, we had the B network, a 1,000 litre mile network. It was a picture that I could put up here and people can see it. And it was something that people regionally could feel proud about. This is ours, we're doing this thing. And then when you go and have to have uh, some, a, a fight for a small change, you could see where it fits in the big picture. And that helps everybody to be able to convey the message. Um, and, and the second one is, is have a vision. What outcome do you actually want? Because we stop sometimes, we're running along and nobody goes, hang on, which way are we going? Is this getting us closer or further away? Start with the outcome that you want and it's, uh, it's something we've been really bad at. Start with the outcome you want, 
What do we need to achieve that? What do people need to see out of a car window to do things differently? How do we get those things? And I hope I can help with that. And the messaging and how we talk to each other is, is probably the most important thing. Outcomes we all want. Such a good event and such a good speaker. So I hope to get Chris back on Highways Voices if his diary allows to chat more about his ideas. And thanks again to the Transport Technology Forum for sharing the content with us so we could share it with you. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Before we go, we heard a bit about this earlier with Sarah, the winner of Adrian's Accolade. This week is Adrian. And my accolade this week goes to ITS UK. It is up in the ante on its successful annual awards. The brightest and best innovators in the country's transport technology industry are now being urged to enter the awards as a nomination process gets underway. There are 11 awards up for grabs this year as the UK's Intelligent Transport System Industry Association significantly expands its event to better recognise the huge contribution technology is making to a greener, safer and more efficient transport network. The ITS UK Awards, which were first held in 2006, are adding extra six awards to the entry list this year. One of the reasons why they are my accolade this week is that at a time when transport technology in ITS is increasingly important to deliver change and be positive change on the network, they uh, definitely deserve applaud it for that. So they are worthy winners this week. Get on the site and enter. We'll keep you up to date with that in the weeks to come. And that's it for Highways Voices this week. We're on the road again next week as I head to southwestern France and the ITS European Congress in Toulouse, where it's 28 degrees and sunny. And I'll be serving you, loyal listener, by hanging around inside the convention centre for three days. I do love it, though. Talk then. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Adrian's Accolade. Swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too, find out how Swaco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swaco, the better way every day.